Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Ponty Rugby Show here on GTFM. I'm Gito Davis of the club's media team, hosting the show that brings you all the news, views and interviews from Pontypridd RFC. Well, a new season is underway. Ponty back in action last Saturday when they hosted Newport at Sardis Road in the first game of the new Indigo Premiership Cup tournament. We take a look back at that match and we look forward to the next engagement away to Ebu Vale, always a tough place to visit. Our special guest this week is Ponty Rugby Chief Executive Steve Reardon, who has overseen the club's survival through the recent lockdowns. We'll hear much more from Steve a little later in the programme. We'll also have an opportunity to profile new club captain Morgan Shinowski. A lot to cram in then in a short space of time, so we'll crack on. We mentioned that Ponty have put together a squad to compete in the Premiership Cup and League competitions this winter. It's our regular correspondent, Grace Reynolds, who's been assessing that player recruitment policy in her news round item. Over to you, Grace. With a new competitive season underway, Pontypridd RFC has confirmed its senior squad to play in the Indigo Premiership Cup tournament and then in the Premiership League. The Ponty coaches used the three pre-season friendly matches played during August and into September against Newport, Ealing Trailfinders Academy and Bargoyd to cast an eye over a large group of players, 50 or so in total, with many changes made off the bench in each match. The experiment seemed to be a success, as Ponty won all three encounters and played some exciting attacking rugby in doing so. The bulk of that pre-season squad has now been retained, as Ponty rely on a policy of maintaining a good working relationship with neighbouring lower league clubs, allowing young players to get game time with them when not turning out for Ponty. The task of rebuilding the Ponty squad over the summer was a major one, following the long period of downtime due to the pandemic, lockdowns and also because of a number of influential players had decided to move on to pastures new during that time. Amongst the high-profile departures from Ponty were centre and captain David Lockyer, winger Alex Weber, centres Alex Knott and Gary Williams, outside half Diggy Bird and prop Hugh Owen who had been offered a professional contract with English Championship side Jersey Reds. Collectively, these club stalwarts had made well over 800 appearances for Ponty and would obviously leave a huge void behind them in the squad. A proactive programme of recruitment was carried out during the summer and Ponty now have a senior squad that has every chance of being competitive and hopefully successful over the coming winter months. Many players were drafted in who have valuable experience at regional academy level and who have been capped by Wales at youth and under 20 levels. Amongst the new recruits are experienced full-back or wing, Llua Chapmurthen, who previously played for RGC, Newport and Cardiff. South African winger Lex Botha, who joins from Fylde RFC. Centre Bradley Roderick, formerly of the Ospreys and Wales under 20. Scrum half David Buckland, who has played for the Dragons and Newport. Veteran British Army prop Gareth Smith. Hooker Ian Morris from Merthyr. Locks James Little and Jack Pope from Bridgend. Number 8 Joe Miles, formerly of Cardiff and Llanelli. 
and flanker Sean Jones, who played rugby league for Halifax and Wales. Also linked to the Ponty squad are two highly promising interns from the Cardiff Rugby Academy, winger Ewan Pierce-Jones and outside half Ben Burnell. The squad will be led by centre Morgan Schnafsky, who returned to the club following a stint with the Wales 7 squad, bringing with him a unique dynamism and valuable experience at international level. Mixed in with the more high-profile squad additions are a large number of raw youngsters from across the Valley catchment area who will be given every opportunity to develop and impress with Pontypridd. The hard-fought home win over Newport last Saturday in the inaugural Indigo Premiership Cup tie, where a number of squad players made their competitive debuts for Ponty, certainly augurs well for the future. Thank you, Grace. As Grace mentioned, last Saturday, Ponty hosted Newport at the House of Pain in a Premiership Cup Eastern Pool game and emerged as winners by 19 points to 16 following a hard-fought contest. It wasn't always top-quality exhibition rugby, but it was feisty, physical and intense throughout. The two teams scored one try each, Dale Stuckey for Ponty and Brody Coughlin for Newport. But it was the kicking duel between opposing outside halves, Ben Burnell and Matt O'Brien, that proved decisive. Burnell, playing for Ponty as an intern from the Cardiff Rugby Academy, kicked one conversion and four penalties, as well as orchestrating Ponty's game plan to great effect in a man-of-the-match performance. The two teams had met just a month previously in a pre-season friendly, which was another close encounter, Ponty winning on that occasion by 17 points to 14. Games between Pontypridd and Newport always seemed to be intriguing, and with a narrow points margin securing victory one way or another, it was definitely so on Saturday. But a good win for Pontypridd to get their competitive campaign underway. We move on now to welcome our special guest on the show this week, Ponty Rugby CEO, Steve Reardon. Well, thanks for joining us on the Rugby Show, Steve. Um, If I may, I'd like to take a look back, first of all, even going back to March 2020, that's when Ponty Pease played Merthyr in the Premiership. Did, Did you have any inkling? I know you're a student of science yourself. Did you have any inkling at that time with the the rumours of this virus spreading uh, from the East that things were going to come to such a dramatic conclusion with the lockdown following so quickly after that? I I think you're right. Uh, My discipline is a physical science. I'm not a biological scientist by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I think when uh, the BBC and other media outlets started reporting in December 2019 about this outbreak in uh, China, I think very few people, other than perhaps epidemiologists and virologists, uh, had any sort of idea what sort of impact it was going to bring to our lives. And of course, as you said, the last uh, competitive rugby match that we played was on the 7th of March 2020, when uh, we were uh, good enough to win at Merthyr, and I think we recorded the double that season. And uh, then rugby at the Premier level ceased And uh, we were informed, I think, on March the 23rd, 2020, that uh, we would be going into some sort of lockdown. And I think that's when we shut down and we didn't open up again 
uh, either on the field, apart from our mini and junior section, or off the field until July 2021. And as I say, I think very few people outside that those specific disciplines could have had any idea at all the sort of impact that, that we that we were in for. It caused quite a bit of disruption, didn't it? Because I was thinking, um, in particular, so many Ponty fans, like possibly yourself included, had booked trips up to Scotland, you know, for the the new uh, Welsh-Scottish tournament that was supposed to take place. And everybody seemed to think that the season would be played through to its conclusion. So a big surprise that uh, it all came to an end so, so abruptly. Yeah, so it's a very abrupt end and very sudden end. And I, I think you're right in uh, what was disappointing for that as well is that uh, after disappointment, the British Irish kept being removed from the Premier Division um, some years ago now, about five or six years ago. This was the first inkling that we had to any official cross-border competition. And of course, Pontypridd supporters had really grown into that idea of cross-border competition, the British Irish Cup, and they were really looking forward to the so-called games against the Scottish Sixes. So... Not only did we lose that, but uh, also we seemed to have lost that competition. So it was disappointing. And you said um, during the summer, last summer, there was a glimmer of hope that things might get back to normal. You said the Dominion Juniors, I think Collega Camoy were training on the pitch. Bit of rugby activity starting to resume again, but all that was cut short. Um, I think there were plans to open the clubhouse over Christmas, you know, a bit of festive spirit. I think for the first time since Oliver Cromwell was in charge in Parliament that Christmas was cancelled. He's enormously come as as a further disappointment to you. Yes. Well, in fairness to Welsh Rugby Union, they they kept in touch with with clubs right through uh, the pandemic via Zoom meetings. where they appointed or clubs appointed the so-called clubs operation managers and, and also things like safeguarding officers and so on with, with the Minion Junior sections were involved. And they kept us updated right through. The Welsh Rugby Union were very keen. Uh, they were very aware that uh, lack of rugby activity meant that they were likely to lose uh, individuals from the game at various age group levels. And so they were keen to keep in touch uh, and they were trying their best uh, with the Welsh Rugby Union to move things forward. So any glimmer of hope of a so-called return to rugby, the Welsh Rugby Union were, were keen to implement it. And of course, one of the first places that came were, were the very youngsters uh, in mini and junior sections. And so they did get up and running again at one point. Uh, it closed down again. And of course, they were back up, run, uh, up and running with a return to play, certainly training, and then more latterly sort of uh, games with touch rugby uh, came back into being. Of course, there was no use of changing rooms and so on, but pitch facilities were allowed to be used for groups of uh, a maximum size. Off the top of my head, I have a feeling it was in groups of 15, maximum groups of 15, but the union advised, if possible, to work in groups of 10. So they tried their best to get some sort of rugby activity. But as you said, it was start and stop, uh, what with the succession of lockdowns. And um, the, the situation was so uncertain that, that we took a decision that there was no point in opening until we thought that we could make some sort of financial gain. And that opportunity came along in July with both Wales and the Lions being on tour. So we took an opportunity. We already had BT Sports in the club. We, we took an opportunity to, to bring in Sky and that allowed us to cover a mixture and range of games, not just in rugby football, but also association football. And we took the chance and reopened. We had a couple of shallow Saturdays, but overall, uh, the, 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 the July-August experience in terms of 
people support in the club was very positive. And we are very grateful for those people that took the opportunity to come along and support the club. It was certainly good for us. And I think it was good for our supporters as well. During the lockdown, uh, as you just pointed out, no, it's not just the playing of rugby. It's um, for a club like Pontypridd, the social venue, you know, the clubhouse bars, the hiring out of the 3G pitch, of course, is very important. All of that was at a complete stop. Yes. Was there any point that you started thinking, you know, this could become a crisis for the club that uh, no income, you know, what is the future for Pontypridd RFC? Yes, so that, that, again, that was always a concern. Uh, and uh, as you said, we had no uh, income at all that we were generating. Everything was shut down, the, the clubhouse, the 3G pitch and so on. But what we were able to access, there were uh, government uh, COVID grants that we were able to access. And more significantly, um, the Welsh Rugby Union continued to pay right through the pandemic. They continued to pay the premiership grants to the premiership clubs. Uh, they were they were conscious of the fact that clubs still had fixed outgoing costs. And to be truthful, without those grants and some other means, we certainly wouldn't have survived. But uh, we weren't the only club in that position. The other semi-professional clubs, uh, I'm sure, were in a similar position to us. Were you in touch with those other premiership clubs, you know, through the lockdown and the pandemic to compare notes in a way to see? Uh, I'm, I'm sure that many, many other clubs are going through a very difficult time as well. Yeah, the, the, the Premier Division clubs, um, we we have no uh, official standing as a group of Premiership clubs within the Welsh Rugby Union's constitution, but we meet as 12 clubs uh, regularly or during the regular season on a monthly basis. Um, we have continued to meet uh, when COVID regulations had allowed. We, we met um, during the periods between lockdowns and have continued to, to meet since. And yes, there, there, were, there were concerns. Um, some concerns vary to a degree depending upon the nature of the Premier Division Club because although there are 12 of us, our individual circumstances are different. And one of the things that makes it different is whether or not uh, we sit directly below a region, for instance, in terms of ground facilities and so on. So there was variation across those 12 clubs uh, in the way in which the, they were affected by the pandemic, but certainly there were other clubs in a similar position to Pontypridd where we were in a precarious position with no income at all, apart from those grants to support us. And as I say, uh, what didn't vary were our fixed costs. You mentioned there the, the sort of status of the Premiership clubs within the Welsh Rugby Union, uh, how the governing body views us. It, it's well documented, I think, the funding to the Premiership has been cut and continuing to be cut, I think, the forecast for the future. There was a review uh, in uh, March 2018, or at least the review findings were published in March 2018, and it was a result of that review that the Premier Division clubs were moved out of the elite arm of the game into the so-called community arm of the game, and that's when our funding began to be reduced or, or, over a period of time. The, the Premier Division clubs themselves have always questioned their, their meaning and purpose within the structure of Welsh rugby as semi-professional clubs, which makes us distinct from the rest of the community game, but of course also makes us distinct from the regional game. And one of the questions we've continually asked is what's our purpose? We've always viewed our purpose as being those individual clubs in our own right to play with our heritage and our history and compete as those clubs. But also we appreciate that we are part of a pathway and we argue that we are quite a significant part of that pathway. And our ongoing discussions with the, with the Welsh Ruby Union are looking uh, at 
finally defining the purpose of the Premier Union clubs in terms of being part of a development pathway. And uh, there are other issues which we are discussing with the Welsh Rugby Union, which we hope to bring some clarity to as well, including adequate funding, because we believe we are an integral and important part of developed players. And I think many of those Premier clubs has got a strong track record in showing their ability to, to contribute to or indeed initiate the development of uh, professional players in Wales, many of which that have gone on to play for the national side. And so we have that uh, importance to the union but also we've got a clear distinction that we are clubs historically within the tradition of the, of the Welsh game ourselves. So we continue to develop that idea. We're in dialogue with the union about it and, and we're in positive dialogue with the union about it. You said about development there and the role of the Premiership. It was good to see uh, on Saturday a good hard game for Ponty against Newport and so many youngsters, many of them newcomers to the Ponty squad, showing up really well on their, on their first outing. Are you uh, happy with the squad that's been put together now to, to take us into the new season? Yes, I think so. I, I think Justin Bunnell and his team of coaches, I, I think, have always uh, been very astute uh, in terms of looking at the players that are coming through not only our local system, but also the wider district clubs and beyond. And I think they're very good at identifying players that uh, would suit the Pont de Breathe style. And I've got, I've got also something to offer in terms of uh, competi- competing at the top level within the game. I think they've been very good at it in the past, and I'm sure they'll be very good at it this season. The squad looks very promising, but as you pointed out, people must remember that some of these players are very young. Uh, Newport are always a, a good premiership side, not only are they one of the traditional sides like ourselves, they're always very strong. They had a big pack on Saturday, and uh, in fairness to our youngsters, uh, they, they stood up quite well. We took a few knocks and cuts and bruises for doing so, but, but I think that we played very admirably Saturday, and we saw ourselves over the line for a tight result, and nonetheless, the right side of that tight result. One final question, Steve. Uh... Ponty coming out of adversity with the pandemic and the lockdown. How do you see our recovery going? And do you think uh, the club can emerge stronger, you know, from this uh, dark episode in our history? Well, hopefully we can. Um, I don't see any particular hurdle that's going to stop that happening in the immediate future. Uh, As you said, on the field, we are young, but we seem to have um, lots of individuals with the right attitude and indeed skills base and talent will be competitive on the field this season will be very tough uh, part of the thing against us will be our age uh, but also part of the thing against us is the standard within the Premiership particularly in this first half of the season um, in, in the so-called uh, Indigo Cup competition if you look at the half of the draw that we are in I don't see an easy result. Not that I think there's any easy result within the Premier Division and, and anybody that thinks so, I, I, I think you're in for a fall. But it's certainly going to be a tough first half of the season and, and if uh, the attrition of Saturday is anything to go by, it, it's going to be a tough few weeks, if not a uh, few months, uh, as will be illustrated on Saturday when we've got to travel to Evervale. Never an easy place to go. And they've had the ultimate start really in, in beating the pre-tournament favourites at a win. That's no no easy task. So it's going to be hard work at Eugene Cross Park again on Saturday. Well, it's good to hear from you, Steve. Uh, positive outlook for the future and uh, thanks for joining us on the Ponty Rugby Show this week. Appreciate it. Thank you. On last week's show, we covered the departure of former club captain David Lockyer. 
So this week, it's only fair that we give a profile to the young man who's been given the job of replacing him, both as a centre and as Ponty skipper, Morgan Shinowski. Before last Saturday's game against Newport, Grace Reynolds had a chance to catch up with Morgan for a Ponty TV interview. Well, Morgan, firstly, I've got to congratulate you on behalf of everyone. Um, how does it feel to be taking over this great club and sort of taking over the reins from such a legend as David Lockyer? Um, when you put on a legend like David Lockyer, it's a massive honour for me, being a little boy coming to watch the greats like Neil Jenkins, uh, Chief and Lockyer, Shelley, well, and now being captain. Oh, it's, it's a bit of a schoolboy dream, really, and it's come true. Like, and, oh, It's brilliant, I'm chuffed. You, it must be quite surreal, though. It is a bit surreal. Like I, I've said plenty of times, like being a mascot, coming running out here with Shirley locks and stuff, and now leading the boys out here, it doesn't seem real, to be fair, and it's, oh, it's amazing at the moment. I'm really enjoying it. So what do you see as the key ingredients as a good captain, and how do you see yourself going forward? Um, I don't. I, I just keep to my normal self, to be honest. It, it really helps with the boys I've got around me, such as, like, your Dickos, your Shelleys, your Parkers, Stuckies, boys have been around the game for so long. Like, I got the backing of them, so that gives me a lot more confidence when talking and stuff. So basically the boys around me are brilliant. Like So um, that gives you a really big confidence going to each game, etc. Like, yeah. So on a bit more of a personal note, you've just returned from Wales Sevens time. How did you find that? You Do you enjoy it? Was there anything you enjoyed most? Was there anything you learnt from it? Um, I loved it. Um, a bit got cut, cut a bit short more than well. I wanted to do a couple more uh, trips. I wanted to pretty much do the the whole series, but didn't get really a chance to do that. But um, things happen for a reason. But um, I loved every moment of it. Like, like another schoolboy dream, you want to play for your country, and got a chance to play on the World Seven Series. Is not many people can say that. So um, I, I chuffed with that as well. Like to be fair, <laughs> very chuffed at the moment. Um... You've moved from your position in the back row to centre. How did that come about? Does this mean that we can see, you know, Dicko as full-back or Richelle as wing or something? Um, I think I come across like playing sevens, playing sevens. I had the ball in my hand and I was just really enjoying my rugby. I'm not saying I don't get my ball in my hand playing back row, but doing so much running in sevens and with a bit more space in front of me, I, I'm getting that opportunity at centre with the ball in my hand, space to go places and stuff, and... I'm actually really enjoying playing my rugby out there at the moment, so at the moment I'm going to be sticking for centre for the time being as long as the coaches let me, so uh, fingers crossed it goes well. <laughs> so apart from obviously the friendlies, the season really kicks off today and we're playing Newport. Um, I imagine that you didn't get much sleep last night being this is your first official game as captain. You must be very excited, but have you and the coaches sort of set any goals and ambitions for the, the season going forward? Well, it's just to win every game that comes. I feel we can rush too far ahead and look into the future. I think we've just got to take each game as it comes. So we've locked the Newport. Um, we've seen the danger men they got. Um, they know they're a good team and what they bring. They're a bit like us. They can play from anywhere. They've got a good 10 in Matt O'Brien who controls their game really well. Um, but all we can do is control our controllables because we haven't seen them. We played against them in pre-season, but they could have changed totally. So we just got to focus on ourselves, come on what we can bring. And what, I, what I've seen out of the boys this pre-season... It looks like a good season, to be fair. Well, best of luck, and I hope the first game as captain goes very well for you. Thank you very much. So it's onwards and upwards to Ebu Vale for Ponty as they travel to face the Steelmen at Eugene Cross Park this coming Saturday. Ebu will be buoyed by a dramatic last-gasp victory over much-fancied Merthyr last Saturday. 
It promises to be one hell of a contest up in Blaina Gwent. The game kicks off at 2.30pm on Saturday and the Pontypridd Supporters Club are running a coach to Ebu, departing Sardis Road at 1.15pm. That's it for another week on the Ponty Rugby Show. We hope you've enjoyed. I'm Gitto Davis of the Pontypridd RFC media team, thanking you for being such good listeners and hoping you have enjoyed. Keep following us by listening to the show and logging into the Pontypridd RFC website and social media platforms for all the latest info. So from me, have a good week. Till next week.